Quick heads up, savvy students, we've been swamped with requests for admissions advice lately, so here's the deal. I'm launching a live 10-week online course called College Pathways. We'll deep dive into the strategies I use for my own private clients, ensuring you get a clear roadmap to the college of your dreams. It will be 10,000 yen, around 68 US dollars per hour, and trust me, it's a steal compared to my usual rates. By design, we'll be capping the class at just eight students to make sure that you can receive more personalized feedback from me directly. The first class starts on Sunday, September 17th. If you're interested to learn more about the program, or if you think you're ready to sign up, drop me a line at tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. I'm your host, Tyler Kusunoki, bringing you the unfiltered truth about applying to college in the 21st century. As always, I'd like to take a second to let everyone know that my DMs are always open. My favorite part about doing this podcast is hearing from you. How are you? How are things going with college, with school, with your applications? I would love to know. Send me your questions, concerns, feedback, episode ideas, complaints, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, this podcast is a community first forum for achieving better college outcomes. My inbox is forever open at Tyler at the accepted podcast.com. That is Tyler at the accepted podcast.com. All right, today we're going to dive a little bit into data, right? And the importance of collecting your own data when it comes to how you are thinking about your schools. But before we dive into today's topic, a quick announcement to share about an upcoming event. I think you might be interested in. So first to start off with, on October 7th from 6 to 7 p.m. JST, I will be talking about early action and early decision. So that is going to be, hopefully, if you are applying for school this year, you will have already made up your mind about this. But if you have not, or you're th- if you're a younger student thinking ahead to next cycle, do come listen to that talk about early action versus early decision versus regular decision versus ED2. What does it all mean? What benefits can there be? What things should I be thinking about or considering that will affect whether or not I apply? All of that matters. So it will be from 6 to 7 p.m. JST. So it will be Japan Standard Time. And again, if you do sign up, we'll get you a recording. And if you're here in Japan, of course, do come. I'd love to meet you in person. So again, that is October 7th, 6 to 7 p.m. JST. And we will be talking about early action and early decision strategies. So if you're interested in that, please go to tokyoacademics.com slash events to sign up. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. All right. Those are all the announcements for today. Thank you, listeners, for being part of the Accepted Podcast community. Your support means the world to us. Let's get right into it. So one of the things that I have been leaning a little bit more into lately that I've encouraged students to look at just because a lot of students are coming to me with a lot of different data points and asking whether or not these data points are valid. So they'll come and they'll go to a website like US News and World Report and they'll say like, oh, well, US News said its rankings are this and its percentages are this and its stats are this, et cetera, et cetera. Or they will say they came from niche and they said, well, I was a niche and a niche, it says something different. And then I went to College Raptor and I came back and it was different as well. And so one of the biggest challenges around data sometimes is making sure you're pulling it from the right places. And while obviously these websites are designed to be as their goal, ideally should be as transparent and open as possible, there still can be conflicting decisions. And for some parts of your decision-making process, it can really, really matter, right? Um, Making sure that your test scores and your GPA are 
either at the average or significantly above it, depending on how you want to view the school in terms of a target or a safety, right? Understanding population, right? Understanding things about kind of the GPA average, right? All of these retention rates, there's all of these different data points that can be helpful when you are making decision in part because of course all of these schools many of these schools are fantastic schools and so choosing between these schools and really strategizing around a a list right that is going to be strategic but also ambitious and aim for the absolute highest that you could potentially achieve Sometimes it can lead to a lot of going down a rabbit hole to try to find the information that is most correct. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about where to best find the most accurate data for you. And that is the common data set. So the common data set is a series of questions that every school needs to usually ask in some variation of their of themselves, and then they will post it, right? And so this is done for the sake of transparency so if you have any particular school that you're interested in looking at, right, you can go and you just type in the name of your school and type in common data set, right, when you're Googling it, and it will definitely come up. And if you want a like a very clear example of a very, very, so for a lot of schools, the common data set is just going to be a PDF. But if you want to take a look at common data set that really has taken the time to try to effectively tell you a story. Take a look at Santa Clara Universities. So Santa Clara Universities is very, very well laid out. It's visualized into graphs. And for students who are applying this year, right, I think the most important couple things to be looking at for any of the common data sets, right, are going to be the page for first time, first year admission, the page for financial aid, and then there's any number of other columns that you can look at. So the first two columns of most of these are going to be pretty straightforward, right? It's enrollment and persistence, right? And then after that, it is first time, first year admission, and then transfer admission. And then there is some data around uh, student life, right? But student life, don't, it's not about like the specific programs. It's just more about uh, how many students live on campus versus off, stuff like that. Expenses, financial aid instructional faculty and class size, right, which is important to take a look at because a lot of schools, a lot of websites that talk about it will just tend to post a faculty to student ratio that may not be fully reflected of uh, what it's actually all about, right? Um, and then degrees conferred, right? How many people take which particular type of major? And that can be something interesting to be taking a look at as well, just in order for you to get a better sense of how competitive my major actually is, right? And because all of this information is released specifically by the university, right? Um, this, this becomes more reliable as a data point, but a lot of students that I've talked with have struggled to necessarily find it directly on the website because they put that information all over the place. So therefore, just look up common data set. And when you take a look at the first time first year missions, and again, this is, these are the times where I wish this podcast could also be maybe a video form so I could be uh, have a visual to show you as I talk through it. But a couple things that are important when you go to the first time first year admission. One of those is the SAT scores. And so this is going to be able to show you their most recent data for uh, Santa Clara University. They do show a few years running that you can then look back at. But as you look through it, you'll be able to see and look out for certain patterns that may indicate how things have grown or changed or not, right? And so when I take a look at the high school GPA, high school GPA for Santa Clara University is really, really interesting because in fall of 2018, 
uh, 51% of their applicants had a 3.75 or higher GPA, but they didn't delineate between 3.7 or higher versus 4.0 for whatever reason. They decided it was just like if you're 3.75 or above, you are just broadly in this category. But starting in 2019, they actually added a column to separate it, right? So they now have 3.75 to 3.99, and then they have 4.0, right? 4.0 as a distinct measure of GPA statistics that were that they were choosing to gather, right? They created a very particular different metric, right? And that what that speaks to is the caliber of students that they were started to receive at this point to focus a little bit more on the 4.0 category. And some of this may be institutional, right? The common data set may have just decided to make that change, but there's greater nuance that you can look at. So one is to take a look at the common data set, right? And to you and use it for a more accurate academic assessment of where you are where you are applying to because again when applying to universities and i've uh, mentioned this before in other podcasts right the grade point average right your your gpa your class rank the court difficulty of the courses you take that is going to be the first pass right when i look regardless of how holistic i am going to be in my review process i am primarily going to be taking into consideration your academic performance so this can be a good place to kind of get a clear sense of, you know, does my GPA, do my accomplishments fit, right? And this is not just, this is not just an average. It's one thing to look at an average that a, a website like US News tells you, right? But it's another thing to be able to clearly see it's not just the average, but 42 to 48%-ish of the applicants from last year had a GPA that was 3.75 or higher, right? And 6% had a GPA of 4.0, right? Straight up. And so where do you fit in, right? Are you within that category of 3.75 or higher? Or are you in a column that maybe is a smaller percentage of the school, right? And so data like this can very clearly illustrate kind of what these school's priorities are, but can also give you a better sense of where you stand as far as competition. Do not just look at acceptance chances, acceptance percentages as the only metric through whether or not a school should be a tar on your target or safety list. SAT scores, ACT scores, GPA, all of those things can have a very big impact on how you should be placing a particular school on your particular list. You don't need to live in Japan to experience our world-class tutoring and mentorship. At Tokyo Academics, we support thousands of students in over 10 countries, helping them prepare for the SAT, ACT, AP exams, IB, and more. Graduating from top universities like Stanford, Yale, Brown, and UC Berkeley, our tutors will guide you on the path to academic success. Your first step on that path is just a click away. Visit www.tokyoacademics.com and complete our contact form to claim your free trial and get started. We will assess your goals and pair you with a world-class tutor to make you a better college applicant. That's www.tokyoacademics.com. Let's turn your dreams into reality, one lesson at a time. The other piece that is important to take into and one that I've really 
been pushing a lot recently for students to take a look at. It is usually in category C7. So if you're going to the if you're going to the common data set of the C7, but as schools schools are asked basically this relative importance of each of the following academic and non-academic factors in your first time first year degree seeking general right admissions decisions. So um, usually the common data set is not going to report um, too much on like very niche programs like their business program or their specifically their engineering program. It's just general acceptance. Um, But the data that you can find here can be really interesting when thinking about um, how you should be best presenting yourself uh, in terms of your dream school. Um, Not all the time, but oftentimes uh, there is something to be gained here from thinking a little bit about how you line up with the school's particular priorities. And so, you know, if you look up a very, very top school, right, um, obviously everything is going to be important. So all the categories, there's a bunch of different questions or a bunch of different categories and things are ranked from very important to important to considered to not considered. You know, at the very top schools like a Stanford or Brown or whatever, right, uh, most of these categories are going to be ranked as very important. And they can be things like rigor of secondary school records, standardized test scores, recommendations. Okay, yep, I consider those things very important. Right? Um, as an admissions committee. The non-academic things have to do with like interview, extracurricular activities, alumni relation, work experience, volunteer work, level of applicants interest, right? So a lot of families, you know, if you want to know, does my school actually really consider legacy or not, then you can go to alumni relation, right? If you care a little bit more about how important is volunteer work for a particular school, right? Then you would obviously look at that category. But there are different talking points that can come away from just taking a little bit of a look at some of your schools. For example, Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie Mellon is a great, great school. Um, It is by now I feel like it is one of the top computer science programs in the country, but it is also fascinating because it is also one of the top arts programs in the country as well. So they do a really, really good job of fusing a lot of those, right, the creative and the, and the academic into a very interesting, very thriving type of campus. And reading through, if you read through the academic categories, there's no surprises there, right? Rigor of your secondary school record is important. Class rank is important. GPA is important, blah, 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 right? But as you go down into the non-academic factors, right, um, one of the categories where most schools will usually say it's either important or considered, but that Carnegie Mellon says very, very clearly is very important when we are considering you is volunteer work. Not a whole lot of top schools really place volunteer work as a very, very important factor. Not equally, obviously, right? Your grades and stuff are going to matter, but it's it's marked in the same column as all the academic factors, right? Whereas everything else, right? Extracurricular, talent, ability, character, personal qualities, those were actually just only considered to be important. But volunteer work was considered to be super duper important, right? So if I know that, right, and my dream school is Carnegie Mellon. Now I have a little bit of a way to start thinking about how to more clearly, more distinctly aligning myself, right, with the becoming the type of student that Carnegie Mellon is going to be willing to accept or going to want to accept. And anecdotally, again, this is just anecdotally, I would say that this is true, right? The students that I have worked with who have been uh, effective at gaining acceptance to, effective is a weird way to say it, but who have gained acceptance to Carnegie Mellon have always had very strong commitment 
to improving the world and the lives of those around them. Okay, um, so that can be one thing. Okay, um, another school that has kind of interesting cross data points that I looked at, I was like, oh, that tells me a very clear story, right? As U Chicago, U Chicago actually, if you look at the academic categories, you would expect a school like U Chicago to care about everything, right? That very important is going to be for every academic category. But actually, the class rank, the academic GPA, right? Those are considered. Whereas, what is most important, what is very important, is rigor of secondary school record. So again, because it is a relative importance, right? The fact that they ranked GPA as considered, but rigor as very important, tells me that if you are aiming for U Chicago, obviously getting both taking both hard classes and getting a great GPA is important. But we oftentimes get the question, right, of like, should I take a hard class if it's going to potentially bomb my GPA? Is it better to get a B in the most difficult class that is offered than get an A in an easier class? And at least for U Chicago, literally the data actually answers it. It's not a subjective opinion. It's not a what if. It's not a. It's the data just literally says U Chicago itself is telling you take the hard class. We'd much rather you see that you are consistently always pushing the limits of what you are able to accomplish as a student, right? And, you know, if you can also get a 4.0 with that, amazing, great. But what we are going to reward and what we are going to acknowledge is you pushing the limits, going beyond them, taking additional AP courses outside of your school, right? Doing those things. Those are the things that we're going to really, we will prioritize that over, a 4.0 with a bunch of easy classes. And so now you have some clear qu- answers to some of your questions, right? And maybe the final thing that I'll talk about has to do with demonstrated interest, okay? So a lot of students and a lot of families want to know about like demonstrated interest. Do I need to open every email? Do I need to go to this college fair? Do I need to um, follow them on social media, right? All of those different sort of things. And um, most of the big schools will say it doesn't matter right? Um, However, again, right, the common data set is out there, right? And one of the final categories on the common data set in box C7, right, is level of applicants interest. And level of applicants interest basically means how have you demonstrated a relationship with us up until this point. And even for schools that will nominally tell you that demonstrated interest doesn't matter, like in NYU, if you go to the common data set, actually, they have checked off the considered box for level applicants interest and then for a school like american university the level of applicants interest is very important okay and so that then tells you right at least as far as you are considering things right for american university open those emails right follow them get on that instagram and twitter stuff right email them right attend a web info session right all of these small things can be helpful to making sure that you are submitting a profile that aligns with what the schools themselves have actually said they want in a very clear way, in a data-driven way. And so that hopefully can combine with what I have mentioned and consistently mentioned before about the importance of mission alignment, right? It is very important that you use the website to identify whether or not this school's mission is going to 
makes sense for you. And so it's about fit. Does this work, right? Does this school have the things that I want? Is it going to allow me to grow in the ways that I want? Does it match? Does it match what I am aspiring for? But where the common data set right, can be very, very helpful is it can help you make some decisions and confirm them right, around some of the things that I've talked about before, right? Should I prioritize rigor over GPA, right, as much as when I, if I am able to, right? Do I need to be engaging directly with the admissions officers? Should I be doing more volunteer work? Should I gain work experience, right? If talent and ability and character and personal qualities are going to be very important, what does that mean? How do I demonstrate that um, on the application, right? And who is going to be able to speak about my talent, ability, character, personal qualities. And so all of these pieces matter. I think that as we are moving into a, continuing to move into a space where data is driving everything, right? It's increasingly important to make sure that the data you are choosing to use is accurate, right? But also that the data you're choosing to use has a level of granularity and a level of specificity, right? That is actually useful to you. Okay, so um, nothing against big data, big uh, college collective websites like US News, like Niche, right? But if you are really thinking about, I actually have a very specific school that I really want to know more about, and I want some data that I can trust, right? That hopefully can give me some insights into what my priorities are as an applicant, then the common data set is the way to go. So, Sorry if I have today went a little bit technical. I do think that strategy is there are qualitative elements of strategy in terms of uh, how you should be living your life and the type of student that I like to make sure uh, I help students aim for in terms of their personality, in terms of what's important to them and their values, right? And their consideration of community, right? Their resilience, right? There are all of these factors that absolutely, absolutely are important. But at the same time, strategy is quantitative, right? Strategy is optimizing your who you are and your stats right with the stats that a school is looking to fill right with the stats that the school is providing right so today was just a little bit of a dive into that i would encourage you to take a look at your list just check it out take a look at your list take a look at your some of the top schools you're looking at take a look at your early action schools your targets and your safeties as well and just go look at their common data set to see do i actually fit in the range right especially because a lot of that data can be changing with uh with the number of applicants who are applying okay so don't stray away from this the information is out there and it's just about you choosing to seek it out right understand it and then use it to inform your decisions okay so uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed today's talk about the common data set and how to more effectively leverage data to your advantage when you're thinking about your school all right um, do join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions if you like what you're hearing and want to support us be sure to leave us a rating on spotify apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice do follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications as well to stay up to date we also do as mentioned at the top regularly host events both in person and online so if you're interested in attending free info sessions with myself and real admissions officers check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events that's tokyoacademics.com slash events that's it for today and remember the key to getting in is getting ready thank you